0: If you're like me, and you could probably use a little help in the dancing department, you're in luck, because our guest today is a dance instructor. She runs Dance with Debbie and does everything from group classes to private lessons for weddings. Anything you need, she's got you covered. She's great. We're just going to dive right into this one. Please give it up for Debbie Weist. (laughs) So is this, it was the iBlock party? Yeah. What is that for? Is that just a celebration of Memorial Day?
1: Uh, Labor Day.
0: Labor Day, Memorial Day. A <laughs> couple um, months off.
1: It's been an annual thing. I, then they took a break during the pandemic. Uh, yeah, it might just be, it's just a chance they block off uh, I Street between 11th and 10th and 11th, I think, or maybe 9th and 11th, right around Los Bagos.
0: Okay. And just have bands mm-hmm. come out, local bands, bands from other areas?
1: Yeah, it's Absinthe Quartet, um, the Jim Laman Band, and then, uh, what is the, what are they called? The Latin Peppers.
0: Okay. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I basically live under a rock, so I don't really pay attention to local stuff too much, other than politics seems to suck me in. But the festivities, right. I'm too closed off.
1: Yes. Well, wherever there's live music, there's often dancing. and you know. That's
0: right up your alley. Yes. So, Do you guys go out? Do you dance there? Do you guys?
1: Yes. Yeah, so that's the intent. Uh, so our regular class West Coast Swing, uh, before the pandemic, there was a lot of opportunities for us to dance in the community. And then pandemic hit. And a lot of those bands haven't quite
0: come resurfaced. out.
1: Yes. And the Jim Jim Laman Band is one of them who is playing today um so just we're really excited about that and the opportunity to to dance to live music
0: is your class nervous is this their first time or
1: i don't know how many of our class will be there it's not like a required thing it's oh, not okay. like school I yeah i wasn't
0: sure if it was like <laughs> yeah you can come we're gonna do lessons and then you have to dance in public no a trial this is by more fire
1: like we, we we put it out there to the universe and some of our students are ready to put themselves out there and be seen by the general public and some are less ready for that moment. Um, and then some have family. Like I've already had a couple of them say, "Oh, well, we already made plans for that time period." So it's you know it's it is what it is. You just try to get as many people to show up as possible. And uh, but for the Latin Peppers, there's going to be a large segment of the Latin dance community, which I'm also a part of. And so w- that's why it worked out. So we'll we'll get half of Jim Lawman, and then we'll do the the Latin Peppers. And so we'll get some dancing in for sure.
0: Do a lot of your classes show up? Or is it that intimidation factor of we're going to be dancing in public?
1: It's just, there's there's the usual, we have like uh, about a half dozen that are, aren't are shy at all. Just go for and it. And they'll go for it and be there. You can pretty much count on them being there. And then there's some others that I know they're ready, but they are still. So it's just, it's a little bit, you know, like you're a mother hen, kind of like, go fly. Yeah, nudge them <laughs> out of the nest. <laughs> yes. You're going to fly. It's, it's going to be okay. You can do it.
0: <laughs> I would imagine it'd be just dancing. I know nothing about dancing. I I wouldn't exactly call myself a particularly good dancer. Mm-hmm. So the idea of dancing in public, on top of just trying to dance, right. is it's up there.
1: Well, how many lessons have you taken?
0: None. Yeah. So there's that. If you Do-
1: have the desire to dance, I can teach you. Really?
0: Yes. That goes for anybody. You don't ever yes. have a person that comes in and they're. You're like, you know what? No. Maybe, maybe you should look into playing an instrument.
1: If they, if when they have the desire and they are working at it, then yes, S- granted, some people it's a slower progress. It's a little bit more like that frog in the slowly
0: boiling water. W- yes,
1: like you hardly tell the difference. Um, but yeah, if if like I have folks come to me for help with their wedding, the first dance choreography, father daughter dance, mother son dance, or you know uh, they want their guests to be able to dance at the reception so a whole group will come take group lessons for several weeks or whatever and the ones that want to be there learn the ones for whom the arm is twisted behind their back and they're doing it for somebody else not so much
0: is it particularly hard to teach somebody how to dance what's our typical timeline or does it vary too much
1: if they're doing it for purely social reasons, then uh, it goes fairly fairly fine. When they're learning specifically for like a wedding where they know they're going to be performing in front of their family and friends, their anxiety and stress over the situation sometimes gets in the way of their learning and it piles on with that anxiety of learning something new. Uh, so you have to kind of take that into account when when I'm putting together something. So uh, yeah, and they're just different backgrounds. Like folks that already are athletic or um, have done something similar to dance, where you have to coordinate your arm and and leg movement, uh, tend to do better than folks that um, don't even tap their head to music. You know, the ones that you know, like music comes on and they're they're stock still. <laughs> Those are a little bit harder to get to come out of their shell.
0: Mm, understandably, that's. It. Is there a certain dance that you start out with? If someone just comes to you and says I would like to learn how to dance, do you have a dance in mind that you start with to kind of ease them in or do you let them choose? If they want to go swing or if they so want to So my specialty room?
1: is partner dancing. You know, some dancing with a partner and uh I would talk to them and say, "Well, where are you when you feel like you'd like to, you know, where that urge comes up, but you don't have the skill? You know, are you out to dinner?" Are you at a fair or a festival, or what kind of music is playing that gets you wiggling and want to move? And if we can start there, then it, again, it's it's an easier process than them randomly picking like waltz, you know, out of a lineup and saying, "Oh, we want to try that," but they have no idea of what it is, and they don't necessarily, you know, have an uh, an affinity for it already or an experience with yes. it. They've never tried to dance. Yes, yeah. Okay. So, but the easiest ones, I would say, uh. Uh, for folks that are just starting out and just want something that they can learn fairly well within an hour, would be like merengue in the Latin dance community or East Coast Swing. Um, those, Both of those, if if I was to teach a lesson, I could get the whole group moving and dancing within an hour.
0: An hour? Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that because those are a little more structured uh,
1: in terms of dancing? It's just the the step patterns are simple and they're both upbeat kind of uh, – dances that I think relax people and uh, get them going. I don't know.
0: Just, just something about those yeah. ones.
1: But that said, I've also had people come to me that surprisingly, like, waltz will be the type of dance that they that just they, they shine and they love it and they they want more. And I you know, you just never know. It it's it all comes from within. And that's kind of the fun part of being a dance instructor is finding that uncovering that gem with inside of them and finding where they shine and helping them um, achieve that moment when I finally do see them out in public or they tell me Debbie guess what I was out there dancing and we we were out to dinner and we there was a little dance floor and we got up and we danced we had so much fun that for me is the highlight of my life
0: that makes it all worth it it does yes especially if you just come across them dancing right it's not like hey come watch me dance right or you know they're going to be out there dancing you just are out in public and you see them randomly yeah Like, yeah, you did it. Yeah, good for you. Is it easier to learn a dance once you already know a dance? Like if you learned the merengue, would it mm-hmm. be easier to then translate into the waltz or the salsa?
1: Some styles of dance have a lot of similarity to them. So like foxtrot and waltz uh, share some dance patterns and, and uh, structure, if you will, and, and lingo. Uh, and then the Latin dances, merengue. Yeah, it's an easy step from merengue into uh, bachata, and then salsa, cha cha. Um, yeah, once you, and once you know one Latin dance style, a lot of the again the step patterns, like how you turn a girl, or the 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 communication between is very similar. And if you learn East Coast swing, then Charleston and Lindy Hop. You know, so like there's these little families of dance that.
0: Are kind of similar. Uh, That are
1: similar enough. And then it's sort of like what what is that in math when you have the three circles? Remember they had A, B, and C. Yes. And they overlapped, right?
0: I'm drawing a blank on the name of it. I know what you're talking about. Like a Venn diagram.
1: Yes, the Venn diagram. Yes. So you have all these different like families of dance, but they do all there is a commonality to all of them. And that would be like Beginning dance, partner, dance, one o one, you know, the basic rules of dancing with a partner, so so some kind of those things kind of cross over between all of them
0: and so how did you get into dancing? Where did that come from?
1: Wow, <laughs> do we have enough time? It's <laughs> a loaded question right <laughs> well, first off, let me say, I'm one of those people that if 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 there's music on, I'm rarely sitting still, so You're I've out there always dancing. been wiggling or moving or want want to to get up there and and Moved since I was a child and been encouraged to do it, you know, from my family. I've also been involved in music. I played the piano. I majored in piano performance in college, was in choirs, musical theater. Um, so, music, dance, performing arts, kind of some level of that has been a part of me my whole life. Uh, but the partner dancing, uh, the bug started my senior year in college. I was a dance major, music minor and just randomly took this ballroom dance class and oh this is awesome but i was a, i was a senior and i graduated and moved on stumbled into a career with the national park service moving all you know moving around and um would randomly uh take classes here and there and just just like decided yeah i really this is I, i've taken a class in just about every style of dance out there but it's the partner style dance that i just keep coming back to so then i ended up in crescent city at Redwood National and State Parks, you know, as a park ranger, and uh, suddenly realized that I just wasn't feeling as fulfilled as I thought I would be working for the Park Service. I mean, it. I believe in the mission of the Park Service, like morally, like it's a great organization. But the job I was doing wasn't.
0: It didn't give you what you needed.
1: What I felt like there was more of me that needed to be out there. And, um, I just started teaching some classes at CR, the branch that's up there in Crescent City. And, uh, that was going well. And then a friend of mine saw this house for sale and said, oh, you should buy that house and make it uh, transform into a dance studio. And I thought, why not? <laughs> so I just tend to jump into things with both feet. So I did bought the house and created a dance studio there and, um, But that was going great. Then I met somebody who I fell in love with, and he lived down here in Eureka, and he had a small child, so he was not likely to move. So, um, what I did for love, what I did for love. I, in 2011, moved down here permanently, and yeah, I've been dancing with Debbie's, been down here ever since.
0: Well, it's probably a perfect area for that. More so than Crescent City, you have access to a little bit, a bigger population, I would say. Right, because then you could get Fortuna, you could get McKinleyville.
1: Yeah, and you have the uh, university
0: yeah, folks that and are... CR yeah, CR down there, too. Right,
1: folks that, yeah. Um, although I was the only game in town in Crescent City.
0: Oh, so or- you had to walk on Brookings. the market. Okay. So anybody
1: that was looking for partner dancing would come to me. Um, so th- that that was, I think, a little bit easier marketing-wise.
0: Um, now you kind of have to have the branding out there a little more. Yeah. Is that, um, has that been difficult?
1: Well, my, my first thought was I didn't want to step on anybody's toes who has already established, like, coming down here. Because it seemed like, oh, there's a lot of – there are already some Um, – wasn't used to there being peers, you know, people already teaching partner dance. But uh, there is enough styles, partner style dancing out there that uh, easily there's enough for everybody. And there's different styles of teaching. So my style of teaching may really work for you or – for some reason, it may not be what you need, and then you go take a class from somebody else, and it just clicks.
0: What was it about partner dancing that really attracted you to it? Was it the movement with another person? Yeah,
1: the. It's like it's a, it's an unspoken communication that you're having, and when it when it locks in, it is just the most wonderful experience to be moving in tandem with somebody, you know, to the music. You know, so it's combining my favorite, my love of music, my love of dance and, uh, you know, the social aspect with people.
0: It was just the perfect combination mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. When you were doing, so you, before that you were doing solo dances. Is that?
1: In college, yes. In college. Is mm-hmm.
0: that, what is that? I don't know any solo like dances. Like ballet, oh, jazz, okay.
1: tap, African, uh,
0: yeah. And it just didn't it didn't hit that spot I, for you. I
1: enjoyed all of it. I think part of it was that, My formal training of dance was spotty, and uh, by the time I got to college, there were folks that had been dancing solidly their whole, like, they were definitely leaps and bounds ahead of me, and the realist in me knew that if I was to try to make a living as a solo dancer, there was going to be a lot of competition.
0: Well, with ballet especially, isn't that a pretty cut. Yeah, no, and I
1: definitely wouldn't make that cut, because I... I had skipped so many years of that um but I I I there was a time when there was a part of me that was thinking you know like I don't know Alvin Ailey dance company or some some modern dance company out there that I would be a part of and that sounded awesome
0: but That was your goal initially was to do that be a part of a dance company
1: I'd say more of a dream Yeah Those are good to have like a pipe dream <laughs> Uh, there was always voices around me saying, you need to have something to fall back on. And I kind of, and I knew my personality too, like, uh, especially at that time in my life, didn't yet have quite the confidence. And if I was going on auditions and was constantly getting the no voice or the not quite, you know, that would like eat away at me. And it would be hard to keep, you know, and I didn't really want to be that starving artist for years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sounds great in theory, right? It's romanticized yes. the idea of I'm gonna struggle for my art and be penniless, but it's gonna be worth it because I could do what I
1: Right. It's gonna be like I flash dance and I'll suddenly be, you know, just emerge. discovered yeah. and everything will work out great. Yeah.
0: I'm not a big fan of that. You have to have something to fall back on. I don't know how I feel about that idea. I think it's you know, in practice it makes sense because then if you don't hit the mark you're not homeless, which is always a great thing not to be. But I was listening to this speech and I believe it was by Denzel Washington, the actor. And he said, you know, it's always the naysayers that say you should have something to fall back on. What you want in life is something to fall forward to so that even if you fall, at least you're farther than where you were before you fell. And that idea kind of stuck with me. And I think it works for you in your sense that you're dancing, and you're doing something that you love even more than that dream, yeah. right? So it's not so much that you fell back and you got a corporate job, and you're sitting at a I desk. I got
1: sidelined for a little bit, yes. Okay, in terms of well, that going the off, park ranger, yes, yes, and living in some fairly remote areas. But I wouldn't trade that experience for anything either.
0: What? How do you go from a dance major and you said a music minor mm-hmm. to a park ranger?
1: There's an organization called the Student Conservation Association, SCA, that acts as like a temp agency for all of the land management groups, like Forest Service, Park Service, Bureau of uh, Land Management, Fish and Wildlife. Um, And so uh, I've always also, from my family background, been interested in nature and uh, found out about SCA and I filled out their little form and they send me... uh, Um, a job offer with Lake Mead National Recreation Area. And I thought I would try it. This is pretty much right after I graduated. And I didn't really know what I was going to do with my degree in dance kinesiology. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, it's like I'm still kind of figuring it all out. I thought, yes, let's try that. And uh, that job, I was doing a lot of environmental education with children, which involves a lot of... uh, I don't know. It's like it, I was still performing.
0: Yeah, because you're working with kids, right? Yes. You have to keep them engaged, yes. keep them paying attention. Yes,
1: um, And I absolutely loved it. I uh, just, I just And I explored that whole side of me through my 12-year career with the park service. I, I worked in four different uh, national park sites and had experiences like being flown by helicopter up to the alpine level of the Sierra Nevada mountains and... Uh, learning to drive power powerboats at Lake Mead, Lake Powell, uh, backcountry rescue, search and rescue, and hiking, and riding horses at Sequoia Kings Canyon National Park. Like, all Pretty of incredible these, experiences. All these opportunities that the government is giving me and training me to do, and I'm getting to see a lot of the most beautiful places in our country and meeting some great people, and like I said, I would not trade that for the world.
0: How long did you do that? 12 years. 12 years. Oh, wow. So a pretty big sidetrack.
1: Yes. But like I said, in amongst there, like uh, when I was at Lake Powell, uh, one of the other gals that worked there had some ballroom dance training, and she and I started a, a ballroom dance camp. This was, uh, we were at Page, Arizona, down by uh, the the dam.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So this is like a little community there, and, and we had some folks. We We ran that for about a year and a half, I think. And that was fun.
0: So you never stopped dancing. It was always still there.
1: No. Yeah.
0: Was it hard making that decision to, to switch?
1: It was more that there were times that I sometimes felt like I was a fish out of water when I would be at social settings with the park service. Because I would be wanting to dance and talk about music and dance and, and theater, and then there would have these folks that were definitely very rugged, earthy, crunchy kind of people. And sometimes, you know, there would be some misfires when we would talk, or I would just, uh, yeah, just feel a little bit like I wasn't quite in that. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I had some great experiences, met some wonderful people, but I hadn't quite felt my, found my milieu if you know
0: you I mean. didn't quite fit the mold. Yes, nearly, know,
1: fairly nearly, but not
0: quite. I don't know what milieu means. Heard that?
1: I don't know if I could explain it to you in in words. I just know how just it's used. Just a feeling. How would you, can like you use it? Again? Like it's like it's like your essence of being, your your field, your your, your place. Yes.
0: Okay. I've not. I've never heard that before.
1: You could look it up. you M I L L I E U.
0: I trust you. I trust okay. your interpretation. And so then. <laughs> You decide. Well, that must be hard, though, just deciding to leave something you've been doing for twelve years. No, it really wasn't. No,
1: because, like I said, I'd gotten to feeling that while I enjoyed the work, that there were frustrating parts about it. Um,
0: Like that, those moments where you wanted to be more expressive and be able to dance and do these things. And when you think of a park ranger, you don't exactly think of somebody out there. Yeah, you wear a uniform.
1: And, and uh,
0: you work for the government.
1: Yes, yes, exactly.
0: Very cut and dry. Yeah.
1: So I'd just been talking. I had been having conversations with people about my situation. And a friend of mine said that she was seeing a career counselor and told me the questions her career counselor had been asking her. So I started writing them down like before I went to bed. And so it was all like in my head, all of these thoughts, these things. And one day, Uh, somebody asked me, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to teach dance. Like it come from like the most center core of my body. And I realized that is the truest thing that I'd said in years. And I was like, huh, well, now how do I do that? (laughs) Because I I had been out of the the dance world, you know, I'd been, you know, so it's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to work hard now to get those skills back and to get to the point where, I I feel comfortable teaching because you know as a teacher you wanna you wanna yourself be at a certain level and yeah it'd
0: be a little awkward if you were like okay yeah. I'm trying to remember how to how yeah, to do this I'm just dance. Learning give myself, me a second wait let so me practice so let's learn together yeah. yeah
1: so yeah so luckily I have family in a lot of major cities like my my sisters are all spread out and my parents were all spread out so every time I we went to visit family I would also go seek out. Um, private lessons and okay as little you know. refresher courses yes so i spent like a year uh starting that process and then like i said started those lessons at cr and then just it grew from there
0: just fell into it Yep, yeah.
1: and i knew i was doing the right thing even though i didn't never run a business before i had no clue what i was doing without i just decided to do it
0: <laughs> and it worked out
1: it has it's worked out
0: that's amazing i think it's it's funny how little things like that just kind of fall into place. Like you just, when you were describing that moment of when you said, I want to teach dance. And it just, it clicks. It's like mm-hmm. a little light bulb that I really, it literally
1: felt like the words were hanging there
0: and in you're the like, air. Duh, that all makes sense. Why did like, I not?
1: Yeah. How did I unlock that? Yeah.
0: yeah why did it not come sooner? Yeah. Where, was it, where has that been?
1: Yeah. Well, th- there are some times when I think, wow, what if I'd realized this earlier in life? You know, in my 20s or 30s, when you have that unbounded energy and, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, starting a little bit later in life. But it doesn't matter.
0: Was it a little more daunting where you were starting later in life? Because that's what everybody says, right? It's easier to do it when, when you're, you're younger. Young. Yeah.
1: I felt like I had a lot of support. I had a, uh, I have a sister that uh, had been... She had just gotten a master's degree in business something, and I looked to her for advice a lot, and she designed my logo for the family discount, (laughs) which was awesome. And um, my folks came to visit uh, right after the construction and were there for the, the grand opening of my studio, and they had observations and things that helped me um a lot of my friends in the national park community were extremely supportive like they came and they took lessons or they sent me people um so yeah i felt like i was very well supported and loved and um i just had to pick up the ball and go with it
0: i think that's the biggest part the support network definitely helps i wouldn't write that off but i think just making the decision okay this is what i'm going to this is what i'm going to do mm-hmm. and i'm going to figure out a way to make this happen and you did. I did. <laughs> Is it crazy looking back, thinking that, like, wow, I'm I'm actually I'm actually doing this. Oh,
1: I i I could shoulda, coulda, woulda of a lot of things, uh now that having the knowledge that I have now. Hindsight. Yes, it's always twenty twenty. But you know, it's an adventure and uh, I wouldn't have met some of the people that are in my life now and had some great experiences and like today I'm gonna go see a bunch of those people. That are now a huge part of my life
0: does your family dance are they are they big? <laughs>
1: um, my oldest sister, the one that I mentioned before that uh, did my logo, she and her husband have on and off been taking Argentine tango lessons and she tells me every time we started again we're doing it. My youngest sister, uh, she and her husband uh, tried uh, I think some swing dance lessons for a while, but then when she had children it just that's what I find when people have young children; they they kind of drop out of class for a while.
0: Time constraints. Yeah. Yeah. Do they ever come back?
1: I think they're thinking about it now because their sons are are just at the end of their high school years.
0: Oh, so they're getting the time. So now out. they've
1: got the they've got the time and maybe the disposable income as well. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> Do you have a lot of? repeat customers in the sense that they take it and then are continuing to take it or is it like once yes. you learn the skill you don't yes really need or to
1: they'll they'll take class for a while they disappear I won't know why um, sometimes I run into the grocery store and they'll be like oh hey I love your classes but we're, uh, we're we just got an RV and we're gonna be traveling for a few months or oh man I broke my hip or you know I'll just hear any anything going on and then sure enough like a year later they come back. And so it's like people just have lives, and their interest level kind of ebbs and wanes, and or their time constraints, like you said, like oh, I'm taking a class at at the university, and it's the same night as your dance class. It's like, yeah, okay.
0: How many classes are you typically doing?
1: Well, pre-pandemic, I was teaching every night of the week.
0: Oh wow! So you had a full schedule. Yes. Different dances every night, or yes. do you do? Okay.
1: Yes uh plus private lessons. Uh and uh then I had a day I have a day job as well. Uh not eight hours, but it was uh, you know, four to six hours of a day job and then depending on the evening I was working one to three hours a night and then sometimes weekends as well, I would have some dance related thing going on. When the pandemic hit and I suddenly had my evenings free, I could make a big meal. I could go out for a movie. Like like, there are all these choices, or I could spend all day gardening and get hot and sweaty and then just come in and collapse on the couch, you know. It's like, I forgot about that.
0: I forgot what it was like to have yes. time.
1: So I decided that I would just pare everything down to my favorite. I decided to focus on West Coast Swing because that style of dance is the most accessible as far as you don't need a big dance floor to do it. You don't need special music. You can dance West Coast swing to just about any music that somebody likes to listen to. And um it's it has a lot to offer to build and grow as a dancer. So it's it's not a stagnant kind of dance where you're going to learn a little bit and then just be stuck in one
0: and level. just repeating it yes, in some yes. sense. Yes,
1: it's got infinite variety to it. So we're just focusing on that style for our group classes. Um, but I still am doing those private lessons, and depending on uh, what they need or want, I still am touching on some of the other styles.
0: Was it were you still doing it during COVID? Was it hard? Because you, I mean, you're you have to be close with people. You can't dance. Yes. like dancing over Zoom wouldn't be it, wouldn't no. Be the it best. does. It's
1: hard to teach a three dimensional activity from a two dimensional source. Uh, yes, especially when a lot of it's reliant on that tactile. You know, the pressure between, like, how do you explain that? Um, but uh, right when the pandemic hit, I'd been working with a couple that was getting married. They had paid for a package of lessons, and they had two left. So I did fulfill their two lessons, but we worked in their backyard. Oh, that's perfect. More masks. Yeah. So, yeah, that worked out. And then um, my partner and I uh, put together a whole series of videos. It was like in the first six months, we got all excited because I had this video editing program and we went on the side of our house, we have like a little a cement area and we filled all these, you know, uh, what's the word?
0: Like a tutorial? Yes. Oh, yes. that's fantastic. Yes. And put it out on YouTube? On Facebook. Oh, yeah. there you go.
1: Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, then the pandemic kept going on. <laughs> So, and people just, the more it got on, the less people were seemed interested in partner dancing. So we just worked on other things for a while. And then as the restrictions were lifting and it seemed as if things were getting better, we offered a a limited class, like just nine people max, and everybody had to wear masks. And preferably you come with... Your partner, because we're not going to provide one for you, and no rotations of partners. And so we did that for three, four months. And then and again, it just seemed like people were getting more comfortable, and we were having it that you asked if we had people returning. We had kind of the same group that was coming
0: pre-COVID.
1: No, for that when I start when we restarted again. When we were doing that limit si- limited class size mm. with masks, it was kind of like the same people. And so then we said, hey, how would you guys feel if we removed the masks? And since we all kind of had formed like this little bubble.
0: Yeah, you were already together. We kind of
1: experimented, you know, that. And it was just as their comfort level. And so that kind of evolved to where we are at now.
0: Has it picked up to where it was pre-COVID now?
1: Not completely, no. It's
0: still a little slower. Yeah. Do you anticipate that getting better is more? I would imagine most people are pretty much.
1: Yeah. No. I I think it'll, it'll, uh, it'll definitely, especially if I would work harder at, at, uh, promoting myself. That's the (laughs) toughest thing
0: is getting the advert, not necessarily the advertising, but the branding out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm here.
1: Yes. And, and which, which form, like, should I use Instagram or Facebook? Like which one's the best and how, how is the best way to use that format? Uh, because my demographic is so big, it could be anywhere from teenagers to senior citizens.
0: Yeah, just, how do you target that? Yeah,
1: just basically anybody who has got sort of a a, a yearning to learn to dance with a partner. They need to call
0: me. <laughs> do you have to have a partner when you take your lessons now? No, at
1: this point, no. We we are we are rotating around, and so to, again, depending on comfort level. So I still have a few people that will continue to wear a mask, and that's fine. It's it's all up to them. My partner and I will often join in the rotation, and we do that because we like to know how our students are doing. So the only way to gauge their progress is to dance with them, and then we're able to give them a little one-on-one during class. Um, so usually we try to at least get one full rotation around where my partner and I are each able to dance with everyone in the room. Um, yeah.
0: And is your partner an instructor Yes. Well? Okay. He
1: is, yes. I was very lucky to to come across him.
0: Yeah, that's perfect, right? He kind
1: of fell in my lap,
0: but... <laughs> did he... Was he an instructor prior to meeting you, or did you kind of turn him on to that?
1: No. Well, y- well how do I... Y- in his teenage years, he and his sister uh, were in a performance ballroom group down in uh, Southern California, and he... Uh, Followed the uh, uh, a school of dance to become instructor in that I can't remember the name of it, it was it was kind of an awkward title um, so yes he was in from the age of like eleven to nineteen he was doing performance ballroom dance and teaching ballroom dance um, down in Southern Humboldt but then he ended up becoming a a competitive surfer and then oh that's
0: a big change
1: yes. <laughs> Then that was traveling into some far-flung corners of the globe. And uh, then he got married and had a child, which we talked about already changed changes your life. Um, but it was when he was separating from his wife that he walked into my studio. Um, and, you know, we kind of had a conversation. Where I said, you know, I've got class going on. And I kind of taunted him a little bit, I think, because I didn't believe.
0: He could dance? Yeah. Oh, how funny is that? <laughs>
1: And uh, so he came that night, the next night, and pretty much we've been in contact ever since.
0: Oh, wow. He kind of took on the challenge. He's like, I'll show yeah, you. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll see I if I'm I doing. can dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so do you guys do that together? You said you have a part. You yes. He's a my
1: life slash dance partner. Business. Okay. Yeah.
0: Nice. And what is your day job?
1: I work at Zane Middle School.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow.
1: I am an ELD technician. I work with students for whom English is a second language, so they some of them are still translating in their heads, which sometimes slows down their learning process. Um, and so we just try to support them with their their homework or just in, you know and their growth in English as a language.
0: Is that a a class or just almost like an after school support
1: uh, network? It, it works two ways. We do have a class, and that tends to be the ones that are just emerging
0: need more help
1: yes um and then we focus on a lot of instruction there and then for the others that are still there they're doing okay on their own but they kind of stumble here and there we go into their classroom and are there to kind of uh go around and help when when they when they've like the teacher says, okay, now work on writing this essay. Then we would go around and say, okay, what
0: do you, what's going on? How can we help you? Just and, that added support yeah. for them. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that Zane had that.
1: Yeah. Uh, all of Eureka City Schools does. Oh,
0: wow. I had not heard of that. I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention when I went there. Has that? How long have you been working there?
1: Uh, I'm in my seventh year now.
0: Okay. So a little before my time. You. I'm talking about you oh, being at Zane. I yes. was trying to think if you were there when I was Zane. I was like, I huh? don't think so i i don't even know when i graduated there but it was a long time ago maybe late early 2010s yeah maybe yeah yeah different time yeah
1: i started in 2015
0: okay yeah i graduated high school in 2016 oh
1: so, wow
0: yeah there you go yeah did you what what got you into that
1: well we've already talked about that uh, the dance business the attendance tends to Ebb and so yes, this was fluctuates. like a safety thing. I needed, yeah, some um, a budget that I could count on to pay my personal bills. And um, I started out basically as a monitor, just kind of uh, walking around, checking on kids during break and lunch and everything. Um, and then just before the pandemic, they offered me the opportunity to start as an EL tech, and that kind of grew. And yeah.
0: It's interesting that you... You're still working with kids, and you get to do the dance as well. Yes, because it seemed like the kid aspect was a big part of yes. the parks, and yes. you like that. And then I do, I you're do still like that with interaction
1: with, yeah, especially. And I had no idea middle school would be my thing.
0: I would imagine we, middle school would be challenging. Yeah, middle schoolers you know are what
1: they're awesome. Really? Yeah, most of them tend to get my sense of humor, and um, I really appreciate where they're at in life. You can reason with them.
0: I don't know if you would have been able to reason with me as a middle schooler. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know might be I was... surprised. Yeah, I don't know. Middle schoolers are not. Exa- if I had to think of a demographic in school that I would want to try to reason with, middle schooler is not at the top of that list. Those kids are—they're just wild.
1: Well, yeah, least... there's reasons for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Their their whole brain is rewiring to go from the original wiring of follow what your parents do no matter what for safety to rewiring them to be completely independent. So there's a lot of misfiring going on as their brain restructures itself and then throw the hormones in.
0: What a mix. Mm -hmm. Do you like that age the most? Do you like working with, like if you had the option to switch to a younger or older demographic?
1: Definitely not younger. I tried. uh, I have been a, I also, another thing that I did in there Throwing that into the mix was a, uh, as I was a seasonal ranger, I I did uh, substitute teaching in the winter, so uh, I've had a few careers. Um, so yes, I, I as a substitute teacher, I I was in everything from kindergarten to high school.
0: Oh, so you've covered, you've yeah, hit the whole range. Yes, and you like middle school? I
1: do, I huh. do. They're they're interesting.
0: They are interesting in the sense that you're right. They are at this almost pivotal point in Mm -hmm. life where things start to ramp up and really, really change.
1: And for those that are exhibiting signs of um, like trauma, childhood trauma, that's been affecting their lives. Junior high is the pivotal point. If you can make a change in their life so that they can then be successful in life. So if you can, if you can reach them, if you can work with them and kind of give them help. I hadn't thought about
0: that. Is that, It's kind of like a last ditch effort in middle school. Like if you can't reach them in middle school, it's it's gonna be
1: harder. Yeah, much harder as they get older.
0: Do you notice that in a lot of kids, post post COVID, in the sense that a lot of them are kind of teetering.
1: Oh, COVID definitely. Oh, because I've been
0: interested in that. I don't know anybody. My, I mean, my mom is. uh, she's a receptionist at a school, or she works in the front office, and so I kind of get things from her of hearing like, okay, Ridgewood. So she okay. works in Edwards. Yeah. And she likes it. But it's... I'm always fascinated. Like, how are the kids doing just on, like, a global scale? Like, Because COVID they... was hard. COVID was hard on kids.
1: It was. When they first came back, a lot of them lacked social skills. Like, they, had to, they just didn't have the experience of interacting with anybody other than their family. And you know how every family has your own norm where maybe cussing is okay or uh you know just
0: different standards yes that different might not standards be okay in public
1: yes uh or just a different sense of humor or whatever it is um but interacting with people that come from different norms different backgrounds and being able to interact without causing you know ruckus and uh and learning how to be kind uh to your teachers as well as anybody else um and then expecting them to, to to last a whole school day, of sitting in a classroom, when they've been having all that freedom,
0: <laughs> which was hard already. Yeah. Now we're going back to school. Now we're going back to school. Yeah. Yikes. Where a lot of them was it? I would imagine a huge adjustment period coming back. But the social aspect—does it feel like that's kind of?
1: I feel like we're getting back in the swing of out? things. Okay. Yeah. It, it was it was difficult for everybody. I mean, the teachers, too, because we, um, you know, most of the teachers had to switch suddenly from live students to online, and there's various levels of experience and ability with technology. And so then there was this hybrid moment where some of their students were still online, and they had to say hi on the the computer screen while some were in the, you know and trying to juggle that and uh it was yeah and i think a lot of teachers changed their teaching style because of everything that happened and maybe became more tech savvy
0: you um, almost had to yeah i mean especially in the beginning when it was all online if you weren't tech savvy good luck yeah gotta figure it out you gotta figure it out yeah sink or swim moment yeah i don't i do not envy kids that were still in school in COVID, i was in college and college zoom was rough so i can imagine being in high school or in middle school and trying to deal with that what was your major i was a computer science and cognitive science major um and that which is ironic because you know we're working with computers especially in obviously the computer science but in cognitive science as well it's pretty technical and yet it was just not working through zoom was not Mm -mm. the way to Teach anything? No, it just doesn't. Translate. No, it's really
1: hard to interact. It's yes. to get your quest to say I have a question and and to for a teacher to read the room like was that well received or you know yeah did
0: you understand that yeah. Do, are we all on the same page mm-hmm. here it I would imagine it's easier to get left behind mm-hmm. especially in middle school because mm-hmm. we'll just zone oh, out it, the teacher's not going to notice anyways
1: even normally they don't usually say I don't understand because I don't want to stand out or they're worried about you know. And so, yeah, even less when it was on Zoom. If they didn't get it, they just didn't get it. And then they would clue out.
0: I was one of those kids where I would not ask a question. I would rather die. I was going to ride it out. I was going to figure it out. Luckily, I didn't just kind of zone out and lock it away. I was going to figure it out. But I wasn't going to ask a question in class. And I don't know what that stems from. I don't know if that's just a social pressure of... Not wanting to be the one that doesn't know or yeah. not—I think that's that's yeah. the biggest to aspect, stand out. right? Yeah, yeah. Say I don't understand this
1: until you know who you are and you're comfortable with who you are and who you how you want to portray yourself. You're you don't want to put yourself out there in case that's the wrong you, right? Like, oh my god, I just did that, and oh crap, that's not how I wanted to to be look perceived. Yes,
0: especially in a moment like that where there's a perceived vulnerability attached to it of oh you don't you don't know mm-hmm. she just explained it and you don't understand it mm-hmm. mm. yeah you don't want to be that one Mm-mm. is that how do you how do you fix that how, is there a way to solve that with these with children
1: what i try to do uh is as frequently as i can check on the students that i know are struggling check on their grades and when i see their grades have dropped i go seek them out and say hey you know you've got this, this i see that you've got a, a d and that's because you've got these two assignments not turned in what's going on with that and then try to pull them from them why haven't you finished that assignment oh i don't really understand okay well then let's work this out together and try to find time where i can maybe pull them out of gym or something so that they can finish their their social studies assignment that will help them pass the class
0: now with that Do you think that more kids got left behind because of COVID? That's one of the big tropes, right? Is are we leaving children behind when we do come back?
1: Uh, What I... uh, What I saw, unfortunately, was a lot of standards dropping in order to accommodate...
0: Just push them through.
1: Yeah. Because it was so hard to reach them and give them the support that they needed, you couldn't call them accountable for things under those circumstances. Like, oh my gosh, here they're, you know, it was like, I think the thought was, they're going through so much and having such a difficult time. Why should we expect so much of them? So let's, you know, lessen the expectation. So I feel that there's going to be, for all students, that they might have dro- dropped a g- grade, ex- ex- what the expected grade level is, just maybe even nationwide, you know, just all over, because they just missed out on a lot of the reinforcement and the 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 support that they needed in order to retain what they were supposedly learning.
0: That's a scary thought. And then how do you you can't really catch them up from that?
1: No, but depending on their age level, they can accelerate past it
0: if they get that support. Yes, yeah, so
1: once once they're back into a, a learning situation that that is good for them and for not everybody is the traditional classroom the best some, you know, like we have the charter schools, some for some students the best environment for them is something that's alternate. But once they are in the learning environment where they have the full support and everything and they can get going, they can then fully catch up and just go with it and and get past all that and move ahead if if they I guess there has to be a desire but I think a lot of times they're just chomping at the bit
0: well I think that was a another aspect of COVID was when that was taken away right a lot of kids if you took it for granted I think missed it and missed the aspect of being at school and that, mm-hmm. the thirst for knowledge is, it's mm-hmm. kind of cheesy when you say it like that, but it's a real thing. It people is. actually want to learn. They do. You just have to make it enjoyable. Yes. If you make it, you know, unpleasant. But
1: the right teacher, dance teacher, whatever teacher, with the right teacher, the right classroom setting, you know, the right environment, people will thrive. And the younger they are, the more resilient they are, and the more their brains are like sponges, and you can just cram it in and they learn they accelerate their growth with the older older kids or the adults your brain isn't quite as resilient you know if for like you being in the university you know that you may not have been able to recover as much from that
0: i know thank god i got out i might have been difficult for me Yeah. yeah i i don't know that's it's scary thinking about that and thinking about especially the lowering of standards in some regard, do you see that? Has that come back? no it's so it's now at that lower baseline.
1: Oh, you meant no
0: the standards so you said a lot of people were dropping standards because
1: they the standards came back, yes, oh, the standards came back. back. yes. I thought you meant did that attitude come back?
0: The attitude
1: of dropping the standards oh, okay no, no, that mindset we don't have that mindset anymore. It's definitely I feel like all the teachers that I talk with are like, let's get back to business as usual you know
0: is there a desire to provide more support now for those kids that were slipping up or definitely
1: t- definitely a desire but it's just the, a lack
0: of resources or yeah
1: it's really yeah funding i you know it would be great if we had enough money in our district to hire more counselors you know so that the ratio of counselors per students was higher to help with those that have had trauma and need a little bit more uh, social or mental support, and uh, that we could have smaller class sizes overall, because definitely students learn better when it's fewer students. I mean, think about your university class when they're like two hundred in. The we would have some
0: classes where there's. I remember one in particular. It was at least four hundred, and we had kids sitting in the aisles because there weren't enough seats. Mm-hmm. And it's just what? Make more classes. I don't know. Hire another teacher. Do something. This is not effective because nobody's asking questions because there's not enough time. There's not. You go to, I would go to office hours, which it's never the instructor teaching. It's always some undergrad who doesn't want to be there or some grad student who's just trying to work in some extra credit here and there. They don't want to be there. They don't want to help. And you're waiting for hours Mm -hmm. just to get one question answered. And if they don't answer it, well, what do you? How does that help yeah. anybody? Yeah. What are you paying for? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a. I. The education system is a little. I'm jaded towards it. I think you could say. I think it has the potential to be something really good.
1: Well, it's filled with people
0: Pe- that teachers do care. Some teachers really do care. And
1: they burn themselves out because they care so much.
0: And then you get the teacher that. And then it's just almost expected care.
1: that they work long hours and go the extra mile and use their own money to buy school supplies because because we tend to be that sort of people that would do that. We're, we're of the helping mindset.
0: And then it doesn't – there's no expectation to add support because, well, the teachers will pick up the slack.
1: Right. Because they always have. Yes. So it's like a vicious circle that, that
0: – Doesn't help anybody. Doesn't
1: really. No. I mean <laughs> – Everybody, I see the people around me doing the best they can. Everybody's trying really hard and uh and the students I feel like they've they've come through and they're we're like we're back to kind of more normalcy,
0: more pre-covid yeah. esque.
1: Yeah. So I just, you know, cross my fingers and hope. Have faith in the future faith in this generation that maybe they'll do something to make things i don't have faith in this generation i don't even
0: have faith in my own generation when kids started eating tide pods i realized oh we're we're struggling we were struggling and that was before covid we had people doing that. that's true
1: that is scary now i think
0: of what's next where are we how much lower do you sink from that where does that go what happens to those kids you're eating tide pods and then you just had to deal with covid and now you've got all this global strife right. and anxiety
1: that is that is probably the scariest thing of being a teacher is how especially at that age the the junior high high school age is that the media like the TikTok and the and how much it consumes that age group like i'm going to be a tiktok star or what's happening to all of the social media really are media? they saying
0: that at in middle school that's what they want to do is be a tiktok star well i don't star? know
1: if i've heard those words exactly but but they're
0: just consumed by the media yes
1: and those that have access to their phones are 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 to their to that you know through their phones at home like i said every household has different norms and for some they're watching r-rated shows and they can access whatever they want on the internet and some it's more restricted. And, and so you have, uh, yeah. Anyways, it's just scary. I, I don't, I wish we could take away social media from everybody until they're adults and can handle a a bit, a little bit more.
0: That's not an unreasonable position when you think about it. We don't let kids drink alcohol because it, it messes with them and it's not good for them. But we let them have access to everything, everything, which when when in history before would you have that—that that you could just Google any experience right. or see anything. Right. And now it's a now it's and a taunt parker. and
1: bully people. And Is that
0: th- big? Because I'm, I. Go back and forth when I hear the bullying online. Sometimes I'm like, "Well, yeah, just t- don't let the kids on the platform." But it is so ingrained in their social circles now. Is that is the online bullying? Is it as big as it's portrayed I to be? I can't
1: speak to it for sure because that's not my purview. I don't, I don't really.
0: Yeah, I guess you're not really on there. Like,
1: hey, are you guys right? Weird? And I'm I'm not dealing with that discipline side. Like, I don't know for sure how many. But I hear enough reference, like, I'm not blind and I am quite aware that more students than I want to have, I want, than I want to believe, more students than I want to believe are caught up in social media and image and being popular.
0: Did you notice or have you noticed a difference from when you first started back in like twenty fifteen to now with that social media aspect has it gotten my worse? job
1: changed enough i I don't think I could answer that question no i I haven't personally noticed i'm much with what I do now, I have much more one on one personal uh
0: so you can see that change a yes. little more now.
1: Or I know more about what they're doing. Before, it was a little more impersonal. I would just kind of monitor from a distance. You're just
0: seeing the way. Well, yeah, especially as a monitor. Yeah. I would imagine you're not yeah. involved, really, in these kids' lives. You're just Yeah. watching over them. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like social media is good. No. Especially at that age. I'm not social media's biggest proponent, and I'm 24. So tracking it down to being in middle school I would not be a fan.
1: I definitely feel like it's uh I am not that technologically savvy and it drives me crazy that I have to find a way to promote like I have, you have to, to be in that I world. have to be if I want to make money then I need to figure out how to do Instagram and Facebook and spend time on it when I would really rather not. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: It's just that way now. It is. It's not. It's you. I think you can survive, but yeah, it's not comparable if you're you not just, out you there. You don't know
1: what what your potential customer. Everybody has like. There are some people that are still. The best way to contact them is by an email. So every once in a while, I send out a dance with Debbie email. Hey, remember classes? And those people that check their emails send back, oh, thank you. And I'm like, okay. I got one. Got them. And I'm like, okay. And then there's the ones that you have to text because they will only respond to texts. And then there's the ones that, you know, you definitely need to put something on Facebook. And then you find them and it's... Um,
0: it can be overwhelming. It is. I feel that way now. I've had a number of guests come on and say, you should do TikTok because you would reach a ton of people and it could blow up. And I'd keep dragging my feet, mainly because I, the China connection freaks me out on a deep level. I get that we're already selling data to Apple and Google and all of that, but the connection to China kind of worries me a little bit. And then it's just, it's another platform. It's just another one. Yeah. And then what? Is there going to be another one? And then I'm going to be, yeah. I just, I- I
1: know. That is it's frustrating. Too much. It does seem, just as soon as I learn the ins and outs of one, either they come up with a new version of it, like Windows, <laughs> or a, new, a whole new thing comes out. And, and then it repeats
0: the cycle, and yes. you have to learn that one, and yeah, then adapt like, to that oh. one.
1: How much of my life is spent doing that when I could be gardening?
0: <laughs> or dan- I mean, especially where you're dancing, you're doing this right. this human thing. I mean, how long have people been dancing? How long has music been around? Since forever.
1: fires, dancing around the fires, celebrating Yeah, the and it's, this, yeah. it's
0: just an intensely human thing. It just is. this movement of your body, and then to go to a screen. Where you're not connected to anybody and there's no personal touch or flair. There's no, you don't get the same. Even just sitting across from somebody talking, that's, you're just looking at a screen. You're looking at digits and pixels and there's no, you don't, it doesn't feel the same. Especially with bullying. Like you wouldn't have half of that if people had to say it to your face. Yes. But because it's this screen. Because Because you can be
1: anonymous and just like, yeah.
0: And you're sitting at home. Right, all kinds of nasty things. yeah. Yeah you know it doesn't feel the same as if you were in that person's face and you were saying these things and seeing their reaction and getting that feedback social media
1: social media
0: the problem yes we can i was just going to say we can wrap this up we have been going for an hour i don't want to keep oh, you any God. longer cuz you've got <laughs> you've got to go dance do you want to plug where people can find you where they can find dancing with debbie yes. take classes
1: well i have a website dancewithdebbie.biz and uh, you can find me on Facebook, Dance with Debbie. Um, join our Wednesday night class, West Coast Swing Wednesdays at um, Redwood Rocks World Dance Studio in Arcata at 630. We'd be glad to have you. It's drop-ins are welcome all the time.
0: Any experience level?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Any okay. experience level.
0: And then you also offer private lessons and do people do
1: Yeah, so you can email me Hummelt at gmail.com or call me 707-464-3638.
0: Okay, And then Dancing with Debbie, Facebook.
1: Dance with Debbie, it's a command. Dance with
0: Debbie, okay. Awesome. Well, Debbie, thank you. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you. We'll have to get you back on. Okay,
1: sounds great. Thanks. Thank you.